It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Listen to me, I'm older and I'm white. Yeah, well, you're half right. What is this, amateur hour? This is going to be huge. I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it? I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. And well, now, depending on your perspective, this is either like finding coal in your stocking or maybe I'm your Red Rider BB gun. This is John Nolan in for Brett Rump, who's out for the rest of the year. Isn't it always great when you can use that joke? I'll see you next year. Alongside producer extraordinaire and studio decorator, festive (laughs) Here in this joint, Adam Lundy, I'm John Nolan. Thanks for tuning in here on this Tuesday evening, taking you up till 6 for your local sports fix. Whether you got us on 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, 1380thefan.com. And at maybe an illegal stream like you came across on Reddit. I don't know, but thanks for being not. here. I don't care how they, how they got here. Yeah, that's true. Well... My favorite overused New New Year's joke is when somebody on New Year's Day says, oh, I haven't showered since last year. (laughs) That one's my favorite. I don't know, but that's that's just gross, even (laughs) even if it's just just into the afternoon. Uh, In any case, if you've got any grievances to air ahead of Festivus on Saturday, let us hear it. Our Parkview Sports Medicine text line is 46862. Again, 46862 is our Parkview Sports Medicine text line. You could also, for that matter, text FAN, F-A-N, to 46862 to sign up for our free 1380 The Fan Club email list and to take care of uh, some other housekeeping here. Looking ahead on Friday, tune in to Caleb and Kenny from 7 to 9. Get your day going. You'll have a chance to win a pair of tickets to the Colts-Raiders game on New Year's Eve. First things first, coming up on this Sunday, the Colts taking on the Falcons in Atlanta, fighting for a spot in the playoffs. And hey, speaking of uh, some postseason football, don't forget, coming up on the 29th, Notre Dame will be taking on Oregon State in the Sun Bowl down in El Paso, Texas. And so a special edition of Fighting Irish preview with the judge, Phil Houck, will air coming up this Saturday at 10 a.m. before the Irish will visit or will take on the Beavers down there in Texas. In case you missed uh, any of our first hour, we were joined by Kyle Mangus, the Warsaw High School alum who's now starring with the Indiana Mad Ants in the G League. They won earlier today in the G League Showcase. It's kind of like the NBA's in-season tournament. The G League's actually had this going for uh, a couple years longer Similar but different uh, format. One of the similarities, playing for a grand prize of money. And for G League guys, you know, that's extra meaningful. And so our thanks to Kyle for getting on the phone with us from Orlando, where they won in the quarterfinals earlier today. So they're playing on ESPN early Thursday afternoon uh, in the semifinals of that tournament. Uh, A Warsaw high school legend and 
And Warsaw will be in action tonight at Carroll Boys Basketball. 7.30 game that you can listen to right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Speaking of hoops here on these airwaves, Brett is out because he's on the road with the Purdue-Fort Wayne men's basketball team. They're 11-1. and They probably are playing their toughest game of the season yet. Tomorrow night at Pitt. Panthers were in the big dance last year, uh, and they're a top half of the ACC team this year. So that'll be a major test. Uh, Dons and the Pitt Panthers tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Mm. And here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Looking forward to that. Like you said, it's going to be the toughest challenge on the year so far for the Dons. Uh, their last biggest challenge was against the USF Dons out in San Francisco, and that that proved to be a challenge for the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons. But, uh, yeah, big challenge again, and uh, if they can get this one, this would definitely be their biggest win so far on the season. Yeah, it's the only loss they've had so far. In case you missed it yesterday, the latest mid-major top 25 came out, and the Dons are all the way up to number nine. That's the wow. highest ranking for the program since 2016 when they had John Contra, they had Max Landis, who's yeah. highlight you here in the show intro all the time, a former uh, conference player of the year. So uh, shaping up to be a, a special season, but uh, a big one for the Dons tomorrow. Uh, also in the first hour, we were joined by Zion Brown, who covers... The Hoosiers for the Indy Star, so he's down there in Bloomington as IU is playing Moorhead State. Not quite uh, as marquee of a matchup as what they had on Saturday against Kansas, but uh, a game that IU's got to take care of business in, so you can catch that one at 6.30 down the dial on 92.3 FM, one of our sibling stations. Again, that's a 6.30 start tonight for the Hoosiers. Now, coming up this hour... We're going to catch up with uh, Andrew Chernoff. He's from Wish TV down in Indy, so a regular inside the Colts locker room and covering all things uh, around the state. And we're also going to check in with our guy Derek Decker, who actually will have that call of the uh, Carroll and Warsaw game later tonight. So in case you missed anything from the first hour, just planning ahead, remember you can download any episode for free on your favorite podcasting platforms. That includes Apple, Spotify, and more. One note before we go any further on the Hoosiers. You know, I've heard some people mention that they think the Big Ten is down this year and maybe comparative to to some Supreme years of the Big Ten, that might be true. But you do your research and you dig into the numbers. The Big Ten is rated as the second best conference in the country this year. Big 12 right now is a clear-cut best conference in the country. But the Big Ten, by the numbers that the NCAA Tournament Committee uses, and I know it's not the, not all the easiest to, to digest, but in this era of you know putting numbers into the blender and it spits out the net rankings, reality is that's what the committee is rely, relying upon. And so the Big Ten, still the second-best conference in the country, so don't let anybody tell you that this is a down year. And then don't let anyone use that narrative to say, Ah, IU missed out on the marquee win against Kansas on Saturday. They don't have a a really flashy non-conference win. There's not going to be a chance for them to make the tournament. That's hogwash. (laughs) What is hogwash? I don't even know. But (laughs) it's baloney. All right. (laughs) Just a a quick look at the upcoming IU schedule. So far this year, you know, and they divided into four quads for your your games based off the the net ranking for your opponent. By the way, RPI is literally dead, so 
don't listen to anything about RPI. Doesn't matter. Even the Ken Palm, KenPomeroy.com, that is helpful, but doesn't factor into what the committee is going to be looking at come March. It's the net. And so your games are either quad one, quad two, quad three, or quad four. So far this year, IU, of course, 3-0. and In those quad four games, which actually includes Louisville, and if you're kind of just going off past history, you see Louisville on the schedule. Oh, that's a solid one, right? No, actually, the Cardinals stink again, unfortunately. <laughs> that's why that's why the ECC is not up to the Big Ten's level because you got schools right now like Louisville and Notre Dame that are sagging down the entire conference. So, so far this year, it was Louisville, Army, and Florida Gulf Coast were the quad four games, and they'll still have two more coming up against North Alabama and Kennesaw State. Quad three, they're also 3-0. and oh. Those were the wins against, believe it or not, Maryland is their struggle. They're the, at the bottom of the Big Ten. Wright State and Harvard are quad three games. So combined 6-0 and oh against those quad three and quad four teams. They have not played any quad two games yet. And then quad one-wise, they're one and three. Because there's extra weight given when you win on the road. So even though Michigan's not necessarily a top uh, 25 team right now, beating them on the road, that counts. So IU's got one quad win. The three losses that they have, Kansas, uh, Auburn, and UConn, are quad one losses. But here, just real quick, and there's going to be plenty of time you know, between now and March to dive into this more. But IU, just looking at the Big Ten schedule, as the numbers are currently aligned, they've got seven games against an opponent that will be quad one. That's at Nebraska, home Purdue, at Purdue, at Wisconsin, at Illinois, at Ohio State. So seven quad one opportunities waiting on the table, and then six quad two opportunities. That would be home Ohio State, at Rutgers, home Iowa, home Nebraska, home Minnesota, and home against Michigan State. And then the remaining Big Ten games would currently fall into the quad three category. That would be home against Minnesota, Penn State, and Northwestern, and then at the two worst teams in the league, Penn State and Maryland. So yeah, not to throw too much information at you right now, but I just I thought it's worth knowing the reality is that one, you gotta just focus on the net and therefore the quad one, two, et cetera. And yeah, again, this might not be the best ever Big Ten, but it's still the second best league in the country right now. And there's more than enough opportunities there for IU to fill out its resume going forward. Yeah, it's going to sound super cliche, but what they really just need to do now is just focus on winning as many games as possible. There you go. Simplify it. Super cliche, but uh, that's what they need to do in regards to what they have left on their schedule. Well, Adam, we can always rely on you for your wisdom and for today's top headlines. So hit us when you're ready. All right, let's check out today's top headlines for hour number two. Uh, For our Indiana Hoosiers basketball fans, Xavier Johnson remains questionable for this evening's contest against Moorhead State, as does C.J. Gunn. Although I've been keeping a close eye on social media, and uh, Gunn's been filmed out on the floor getting shots up at Assembly Hall just a few minutes ago. Uh, He's still listed as questionable, but looks good to go so far for tonight's contest. We mentioned this in Hour 1. The Colts are placing wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie and cornerback Tony Brown on the reserve-slash-suspended list for the final three games of the regular season for conduct detrimental to the team both players were surprised healthy scratches against the Steelers on Saturday now we're finding out why all we've heard on what they've done so far is quote the nature of the violations rose to a level where severe punishment was warranted we'll be following that story 
Notre Dame goalie Brian Dowd was drafted number six overall today in the MLS draft to the Chicago Fire. It's a bit of a reunion. Dowd played in the Fire's Youth Academy growing up just outside of Chicago in Wellow Springs. Congratulations to him. And kind of an odd one to end out today's top stories, Coniglio's Old Fashioned Pizzeria in New Jersey. You're from home New State. Your home state announced today on social media that it would no longer be hosting Giants quarterback Tommy DeVito after the restaurant received word from his agent that his appearance fee would be doubling from $10,000 to $20,000. So a lot of pizza fans, a lot of Giants fans not happy today after not being able to meet Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Yeah, that's his agent who looks like he's an extra from, uh, you know, Goodfellas or The Sopranos. <laughs> One uh, of those mafia movies. <laughs> cartoon character. Uh, that's actually dis- disappointing. Um, I mean, I get it. You know, God bless uh, capitalism and, you know, cash in while your name's hot. But, you know, to have an agreement with uh, a local restaurant, in this case, a pizzeria, to sign autographs, meet and greet with fans. And like, not to be negative here, but in the long run, Tommy DeVito's, you know, 15 minutes of, uh, I don't even know if we'll get 15 NFL starts. So I'll, I'll use the analogy of 15 minutes of fame. Sure. I don't know, you know, how much time's left uh, on that clock for him. So to now start to flush away uh, a $10,000 opportunity because you want to get greedy. Uh, you know, I'm doing the. Come the on. gesture yeah. <laughs> that everyone at MetLife Stadium has been doing. Oh, well, hey, that's actually the perfect segue uh, for us right now to give away a Pizza Hut pizza. It is Tuesday. It is the 5 o'clock hour. That means it's time for Time Capsule Trivia. So how about caller number three, you know, in honor, obviously, of the three wise men. It's the Christmas season, after all. Uh, caller number three to 260-447-8500. Uh, you'll be our special contestant today for Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. Again, that's 260-447-8500. believe this is my second all-time appearance filling in for Brett on a Tuesday and therefore to participate in Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. I'm 1-0 in my career. We've got a a board in the building here that's got Brett's all-time record listed at 64 and 14 although he just filed a petition with the league uh claiming that he's been shortchanged to win that it should be 65 and 14 you know i i'm not the arbiter of that i know adam's been busy decorating the studio for christmas with yeah. the, uh, bright colored light bulbs up so maybe Adam uh, was focused on that and putting Santa Claus hats on things, and he missed updating the record last week. I don't know. I just know that so far I've got an unblemished record, and uh, we'll see soon who uh, is going to be on the other end to contest me. And if the opponent pulls off what would have to be considered an upset, then they will win a large pizza from our friends at Pizza Hut. All right, we do have a caller on the line ready to take you on here. All right, who we got? Hi, this is Sean from Port Wayne. Sean, thanks so much for tuning in and calling. Have you played uh, Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia before? I have. I'm one and one against Brett. Whoa, okay. All right, all right. Well, let's get The trilogy right continues. Let's get right into it then. It's time for Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia on the Sports Rush. All right. Let me turn my music down. We'll get into clue number one here. All right. Clue number one. 
We're going with Australian football. Fremantle equals St. Kilda's 1910 record for the worst start by a team that did not suffer a winless season beginning this year with 17 losses before a huge comeback upset over Hawthorne. All right, Sean, you want to go first or you defer to the second half? I'll, I'll go first. If I remember right, this was 1987. <laughs> if you remember right. Yeah, I'm scared if he thinks he actually was uh, aware of that. Uh, let's just go with 1988. All right, we're going to clue number two. This will be John first. We're going to some soccer. <clears throat> the Korean side, the Korean team, Suwon Samsung Blue Wings, won their first Asian Championships Cup crown in this year, defeating Jubila Iwata. One to nothing. Adam, what the heck are you doing here? Is it this is the last Tuesday show of the year? So do you like save the toughest for last? I don't even know what language you've been speaking for these last two clues. We gotta do it. We gotta keep it hard for the first couple questions. Uh all right, two thousand. That was nineteen ninety four. Oh, dang, Sean's, Sean's confidence, though, I'm like not going to lie. I am shook right had, now. Had me thinking maybe it was nice. <laughs> I, I'm shook. All right, we're going to clue number three. This will be Sean first. Sean, we're going to the MLB. This year's NL Rookie of the Year was Albert Pujols on the Cardinals. Uh, let's go 1984. Okay, now I'm a lot less shook. Um, so I feel like I definitely know the, uh, the the general church here. Let's see whether or not I've got the, the right pew. Pull host his rookie season. I'm going to say 2001. Oh, you oh, got it, John. All right, John is today's winner. Sean, appreciate you playing, though. We liked your confidence on all of the answers very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Sean, and kudos to you for uh, for keeping at it. We'll see if down the road maybe you get back to uh, 500. Let's see. Adam, are you feeling charitable here in the, the Christmas season? Oh, yeah, I'm feeling charitable. Hey, Sean, just uh, hold on the line. Uh, once we go to break, I'll go ahead and get your info for a large pizza from Pizza Hut. Sound good, Sean? Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, thank you. All right, well, Sean, enjoy that pizza, even if you don't get the chance to... To meet Tommy DeVito, that will cost you an extra twenty grand. But uh, oof, I do feel a little bit of weight off my shoulders, and by winning percentage now, I'm still uh, ahead of Brett in the standings. So see if Brett's ever uh, daring enough to to go head to head with me. So far, Ooh. every time I call in, you know, I, I don't get. I you don't haven't get picked. been picked up. Oh, yeah. We'll have to get that settled sometime. But uh, great job today. All right, thanks. So we got it. Step aside right now. Get back on the phone with uh, our buddy Andrew Chernoff down in Indy with Wish TV. We'll talk Colts and more. That's when the sports rush continues right here on 1380 The Fan. Brett has signed off for the rest of the year here on the sports rush. So you got me, John Nolan, taking you up till 6 o'clock. Can catch Brett with the Purdue-Fort Wayne men's basketball team tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at Pitt. A game that will also be on ACC Network Extra. Meanwhile, as for Coach Marcusano and the Macedon's women's basketball team, 
They'll be at home inside the Hilliard Gate Sports Center on campus Thursday morning, special 11 a.m. tip time. That's in partnership with Fort Wayne Community Schools. Should have a lot of loud, energetic kids as the Dons host Aquinas in their final game before Christmas. Right now, special guest on the phone, it's my friend Andrew Chernoff from Wish TV down in Indianapolis. We won't hold it against him that he's a Carmel High School grad because then he went to Syracuse where he was a friend of mine and now covering the Colts and everything else around the state. Andrew, uh, thanks so much for uh, the time here. Maybe our first time on the radio together since uh, Z89 or or WAER over in central New York. Uh, But Andrew, nowadays you're routinely in the locker room for the Colts on the sidelines. What's it going to take for the Colts to uh, make the playoffs here down the stretch of the season? Well, first of all, I'm glad I made up for the whole Carmel thing with you, John. So I just want to get that out of the way. I'm glad, obviously, the Syracuse thing bumped me up on your uh, on your radar. So that that's a good thing. Um, I think for the Colts to make the playoffs, I mean, the thing is now you look at their schedule and there are winnable games on the horizon, especially with the Falcons and then the Raiders. Ultimately, I think it comes down to the Texans game, the final week of the regular season, there's a very good chance that the winner of that game will get a playoff spot and the loser of that game will miss out on the playoffs. So if I'm a betting man, I think that there's a solid chance that game potentially, if things play out, could be the flexed game for that final week of the regular season. But I'll tell you what, the job Shane Steichen has done this year with everything that's gone on is so impressive. And the thing is, these guys believe that they can make the playoffs and. I think when we saw them have that flop of a game against the Bengals and then they came out and just controlled pretty much everything against the Steelers, that shows you the toughness and resiliency of this team that, hey, they're pretty good. They're finding ways to win. They may not be the most talented bunch, but they're finding ways to win, and it's pretty impressive what they've done this year. For sure, and I think I just saw uh, out in Vegas, the the betting odds for the NFL's coach of the year has shifted earlier today. And so Shane Steichen now the prohibitive favorite with a few weeks to go. And see, if the Colts get into the playoffs, then, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if he's able to uh, to take away that honor. But, you know, work yet to do starting on Sunday in Atlanta against the Falcons where they've got a, a quarterback change. Uh, Taylor Heineke is going to come off the bench to start for them. Uh, what do you think is going to be key to – taking care of business against the Falcons on Sunday? Uh, The defense is going to have to put pressure on Tyler, but also force turnovers. And so far this year, this team clearly has forced turnovers. 19 straight games that the Indy defense has forced a turnover, which is absurd. They had some games this year, no question, where they've struggled. The, The Saints game comes to mind, especially on the defensive side of things. Weren't able to get the pass rush on Derek Carr. But when they're able to get pass rush on other teams' quarterbacks, other teams are forced into mistakes, and I think that that's sort of the Colts' M.O. All Gardner has to do, quite frankly, he had a great game this past week on the offensive side of things, but as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, this team will be fine. I I think that we sort of have learned as these games have gone on, Gardner doesn't have to win you the games. All he has to do is manage them, don't make mistakes, account for a touchdown here or there, and usually those games, the Colts come out victorious. If he throws turnovers, throws interceptions, fumbles the ball, 
it's usually a different result. So you just got to take care of the football if you're the Colts. It, it sounds like a simple formula, John, but you look at these wins and losses, and that's exactly how they've played out. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Andrew Chernoff from Wish TV. You can follow him on social media at A-D-C-H-E-R-N-O-F-F. And you, know, you were there at Lucas Oil over the weekend. Just what did you think of uh, the buzz in the building for that win over the Steelers? First of all, Steelers fans travel like crazy. Let's just get that out of the way. But once the Colts sort of put a squadouche, especially in the second half on them, Colts fans, I think, got very excited. There's, there's definitely an added energy inside Lucas Oil Stadium this year because, first of all, when you get Anthony Richardson, there was that excitement. And then them still being in this playoff race, it has added an extra layer of excitement, too, inside that building. I think Colts fans are pleasantly surprised with how this year has gone because not many people thought that this team would be in the playoff hunt at this point in the season. But it's sort of the team that keeps getting overlooked. And I think the biggest difference with this team, John, is that they're winning games that they should win. They're not losing games they should win. And that may be a difference compared to what Colts teams in previous years have done. And I think a lot of that goes to Shane Steich. And I can't stress the impressiveness that he's had all season long. The guy is a heck of a head coach, done a great job. His coordinators have adapted well. So many of these guys have had great years. Kenny Moore has done great. EJ Speed stepped up, especially with Shaq Leonard being released. I mean, there have been guys who have really stepped up, and you know, Michael Pittman's another one. Hopefully, if you're a Colts fan, he's back on the field sooner rather than later. But there's this toughness, this grit, definitely a blue-collar feel with this Indianapolis Colts team. Yeah, and winnable games remaining here again at Atlanta on Sunday and then wrapping up at home against the Raiders on New Year's Eve and then against the Texans. In week 18, well, again, I mentioned Andrews all over the place uh, around the state, including last night at Cambridge Fieldhouse as the Pacers lost to the Clippers. So I imagine not quite the same kind of uh, energy and juice in the building there. But uh, yeah, just wondering uh, your takeaways from the Pacers season so far. I think it's been good. There's no question there's been good uh, with the season they're definitely in a little bit of a rut now. There's no question about it. And I think a lot of that may be because of what, you know, they, they've, they've been busy. They've been busy, John, in the last few weeks, especially with that in-season tournament run. So you automatically get that extra trip to Vegas. And then you're on the road for, uh, you know, another week after Vegas. You go straight to the road. It's not like you're coming back home. So I think there's definitely a hangover effect from that, but clearly I think we're starting to see the team needs to pick up things on the defensive side of the ball. When the Clippers are scoring over 150 points, like last night, you got to start locking down on defense a little bit, but the, the potential is there. I think all these teams, John, quite frankly, when you look at Indianapolis sports teams, the potential is there. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of buzz. I think the Pacers are getting closer and closer. I think the Colts are getting closer and closer. The fever are right there. I mean, you sort of start thinking about the next five, ten years of Indianapolis sports, and there's a lot of excitement in this city right now. Yeah, how about just following up on that? I saw you talked to uh, the the fever star, last year's number one overall pick, Aaliyah Boston, on the field at Lucas Oil the other day as she was helping to rev up uh, Colts fans. And I didn't get a chance to uh, to catch it, but I know you asked about Caitlin Clark. Was your sense that uh, the Fever think that Caitlin Clark will uh, forego her final year of eligibility at Iowa and enter uh, the WNBA draft in the spring? 
I'm not in Caitlin Clark's mind. My gut would say that she will be the number one overall pick by the Fever next year. I, I think she's going to be a member of the Fever next year. I think the whole city wants her to be. Now, ultimately, it's her decision. It was funny, though, when I talked to Aaliyah, because, you know, a lot of our questions with Aaliyah were about Caitlin, and Aaliyah's phenomenal. She, she has the exact answers of someone you'd expect from the face of a franchise. So, you know, I started by asking her, what's it like to have the number one pick? And she's like, oh, it's really exciting. And I said, would you want Caitlin? And she just starts laughing and says, hey, you know what? Whoever we get is going to fit in just fine. So it had the politically correct answer, but I think clearly if you have a team with Aaliyah Boston, Caitlin Clark, you automatically become championship contenders almost overnight. So I think she wants the team to get Caitlin, whether or not she says that to me or not. But um, I think of a lot of fan base wants to get Caitlin, and, man, it would be, it'd be pretty cool to see. Because think about it. Anthony Richardson for the Colts. you got Tyrese. Then you have Caitlin and Aaliyah. Come on. That's, that's pretty solid. Yeah, that could be the start of a, a dynasty down there for the Fever. Well, uh, Andrew, just to uh, to wrap up here, I know tonight is a rare night off for you, but usually you're crisscrossing between Bloomington and West Lafayette uh, and elsewhere. But uh, what do you think so far uh, of this college hoop season, uh, especially for the Hoosiers and the Boilers? I think IU against Kansas played IU's best game all season. And I think that there's a lot of positives that you can take away from the Hoosiers' performance in that game. Now, they didn't close the deal, but that was the most impressive I've seen them play all season long. We'll see if they can keep that at least energy tonight. They should take care of business against Moorhead State, but um, Hoosiers looked good. And then Purdue, uh, that's a statement win. Obviously, it's in Indianapolis. It's a de facto home game, even though it wasn't at Mackey Arena, but Purdue's good. And I think that the thing with Purdue is look at their wins this year, and it's been so impressed to see who they've beaten. I think they're trying to make a statement clearly, but again, everyone's going to judge them based on what they do in March. But on paper so far, this Purdue team looks better than last year's at this point, and that could be very scary for other teams. And you, you wonder, you know, it happened to Virginia. You lose to a 16 and then win it all. You wonder if Purdue is in that same category coming up this March. Follow him on social media at AD Chernoff for uh, an inside behind the scenes look at all things Indiana sports. Big racing guy, too. Sorry, we don't have enough time to uh, to dive into that today, Andrew, but uh, really appreciate your time and uh, fun to catch up. Yeah, absolutely, John. And you mentioned big racing. I'm a racing nut. You're putting it really kindly. I'm, I was hoping you'd make the car racing. noises that sometimes, <laughs> you know, you do. You know, I still do that in our office, and everyone just stares at me. Especially, this was the first year that I had some of these new coworkers. You know, like because I just started at Wish TV in February, but this is the first year they saw me watching IndyCar races, and I think it's sort of an experience for them to watch me watch the race because I'm sort yeah, of. They've got an HR um, department, so you got to be careful. I, I know, but the HR department, though, of it is also like, um, this guy's just nuts making IndyCar noise and, like, <laughs> camera movements with his head. It's out of control. <laughs> all right. Well, maybe next time, but uh, thanks again and uh, all the best. Awesome. Hey, thanks, John. Appreciate it, man. Andrew Chernoff. So, fun fact, kind of reference here earlier. Not a Hoosier uh, native myself. Grew up there in the 
Tommy DeVito uh, <laughs> yeah. pizza territory of New Jersey. First time ever. Uh, I shouldn't say first time ever, actually. But when I was in college at Syracuse, got to cover a Syracuse basketball game at Notre Dame. And alongside Andrew, he was a class ahead of me in college. And we uh, swung down to uh, to his family's um, house in Carmel uh, to spend a night before going back back east. So uh, somebody who helped uh, first show me all about Hoosier hospitality. So long appreciated Andrew and his enthusiasm. All right, we'll take a timeout, though, right now and bring in another buddy. Derek Decker is going to join us in studio before he heads. I, did Brett leave the helicopter? Uh, yeah, the here. chopper's still here. The chopper's here, so I presume Derek's going to take the chopper to get out to uh, Northwest Allen County tonight as Carol will host Warsaw 730 tip right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Back with more after this on The Sports Rush. This is Joe Tippman, and you're listening to The Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Oh, it's cool to hear from the Bishop Dwanger alum now in the NFL with the Jets. This is John Nolan in for Brett with you till the top of the hour. And then later on tonight, we'll have some high school hoops. It'll be Warsaw at Carroll. Derek Decker will be on the call. And before he heads in the chopper to uh, fly <laughs> over there, Derek making a pit stop here in studio with us from down the hall. He's a, a utility guy these days. You hear him all over Federated Media, including on our sibling station, whoa, whoa. But, uh, yeah, Derek, what do we have to look forward to tonight? This non-conference matchup, but still regional rivals, Warsaw and Carroll. Yeah, this is one of those games every year that feels like it's got high intensity coming in. And I, I just think looking at it on paper and talking to both coaches today, they both expect this to be a really fast-paced game, lots of offense. Carroll averages in the upper 60s. They're in the top 20 in the state in scoring coming in. Warsaw's in the low 60s, but a team that has had success against Carroll the past couple of years scoring. So definitely wouldn't be surprised to see this game end up in the 60s or if both teams shoot it well like they have been the last few games, maybe even the 70s. That's exciting because we had one of the best players in Warsaw history on earlier, yeah. Kyle Mangus. Uh, but even when they had a talent like Kyle back then, both programs, it seemed like we're playing a slower style. And so it might have been a tight game, but not as many points. But you're seeing a more up-tempo now, huh? Yeah, about a decade ago, these two teams played to a 32-29 final. It's also interesting that this game has historically been the last game of the regular season for both of these teams. It's in a new spot this year because teams had to move some things around on their schedule to fit this game in. Happens to be on a Tuesday, but again, couldn't be a, a better matchup on this Tuesday night. Again, as you mentioned, the coaching styles change over the years. Matt Moore's only in his fourth year at Warsaw, had stops at Kokomo and Fisher, so he's been around the block in big boy basketball. And then Ryan Abbott, of course, coming down from east side as Marty Beasley headed up to DeKalb to coach them now. Um, definitely different styles and both like to run the offense really well. Well, we look forward to hearing you with coverage of that one at 730 and don't want to hold you up uh, too long. Cause I know you got to travel over <laughs> there, maybe get a bite uh, before the game after a day's work. But uh, while we have you real quick, uh, love your coverage, not only of SAC schools, but also I know you're a fixture in the NE8 and especially uh, down at Norwell in your hometown of Ossian. Uh, what have been your impressions of the the high school season early on here, both on the girls and boys' sides? Yeah, of course, the, the girls' side is a little bit more advanced at this point. I feel like we have a good grasp of what teams are and what they're not. We're, of course, for most teams, over the halfway mark at this point in the season on the girls' side. 
And candidate for game of the year in the entire area, one of the best in the state so far, Norwell taking down Columbia City last weekend um, up at the Eagles Nest in a one-point victory. It's like uh, the one game you missed, right? Yeah, exactly, right, right. Because <laughs> you were on your honeymoon, good well, reason. No, no, I was, no. Uh, I was actually, again, this is well, going to be more exposing for me. But different type of honeymoon. <laughs> true, yeah. I, I headed down to, uh, to Atlanta to catch the Hoosiers in Atlanta, and that uh, turned out to be maybe a bad investment, but... Um, yeah, I, so I missed that game, which is which is terrible. Coach Eric Thornton says it might be his favorite regular season win of all time. That's 27 years of coaching. Norwell has firmly established themselves as one of the best teams in the area. They're five points away from being undefeated at this point. They're only two losses, a four-point home loss to Homestead and a one-point loss to Northridge in a game that they were leading in both of those contests. Um, but Columbia City actually just got upset last night yeah, on their girls' side. Yeah, shout out Bishop Lures. Absolutely. Uh, that, that opened some eyes. Uh, you know, Lures went to Homestead, competed for a long time last weekend, and uh, that that's a big-time upset Columbia City dropped down to number three coming into this week. I imagine they'll fall quite a bit further in the single-class poll. But uh, there are some great girls teams in our area. Uh, again, talking about Norwell. And then in the SAC, you've got Snyder and Northrop, two teams that are just tremendous. Columbia City as well. All of those teams, I think, are primed to have deep runs in the state tournament come February on the girls' side. Then on the boys' side, really, the couple things stand out to me, especially in the NE8. One is the surge of Belmont here at the start of the year. That's not a name we typically hear in Northeast Indiana on the boys' side with a really good team. And I think they've got a great team. They're a veteran. They're under good leadership this year. They're under young leadership. A former player in Peyton Selking is leading that program now. And they just had an impressive win up at New Haven over the weekend, a place they had not won since 2006. So definitely they're on the come up. Best record in the NE8 so far. And then on the SAC side, a team that's really blossomed is Northside. Of course, everybody knows about Wayne, preseason favorites in the league. Carroll took them to the wire last week. Felt like that was a really competitive game. But then Northside as well. And even Snyder on the boys' side, too, under first-year head coach Josh Raikkonen. They've got some juice to them as well. They've had a couple of big comeback wins. And I, I think the SAC is primed to have a better year than folks thought with the strength top to bottom on the boys' side. Yeah, and we'll give some love on the boys' side here in the neighborhood as well to uh, Bishop Lures. Yeah. Undefeated so far um, in the area. Well, again, one more thing since you, you brought up uh, your alma mater, IU. Right now, are you are you more uh, excited about the rest of this basketball season or already eyes ahead to uh, next fall with football? John, I don't think there has ever been a time in my lifetime that the hype in the offseason has taken the bulk of attention away from Big Ten basketball. I mean, we're, we're two weeks away from being in the thick of things in the Big Ten when things get started. And year in and year out at Indiana, that is all that is talked about, is basketball day in, day out. Football is an afterthought. I mean, this is a program in, in Indiana football that has no spring game in years, no public spring game. So, like, that's just one of the things that people kind of forget that the, the football team is around and what they're doing in recruiting. Not so this year. Coach Signetti has uh, reinvigorated some things. In fact, even starting another Twitter spat last, last night, with the way things have gone, and James Madison fans are some of the more vocal group of five fans you're ever going to see. Regardless, um, he's got some juice, too, and this program definitely has hype. Does that mean it's going to transition into on-field success? Who knows? Their schedule is more favorable next year than it was this year. They have eight home games as opposed to six. They got rid of that Louisville game in the non-con, so they have three fairly easy wins in non-con and I, I think the path to a bowl is very reasonable next year no penn state and then yeah i know every time you look there's uh, new commits coming or guys just returning but wide receiver commitments on uh, the last 24 hours from 
Wake Forest, Texas Tech, and Ohio. So you got that connection there. So, uh, well, glad glad uh, you're going into the holidays here, uh, you know, with uh, some rose colored glasses uh, as a as a Hoosier, crimson colored, right? As a season ticket holder as well. So I kind of have to root for an investment there. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, Derek, thanks uh, as always, and uh, we'll tune in 7:30 tonight. Warsaw at Carroll over at the uh, Carroll Fieldhouse. Sounds good, partner. All right. There's Derek Decker. Joining us here in studio, appreciate him. You can keep up with uh, all the games that uh, that he's calling and covering on social media at Derek Decker, D-E-C-K-E-R 57 on social media. First class guy it was awesome having Derek uh, in the tin caps booth uh, this past spring and summer as well. Oh, yeah. It's been a pleasure uh, meeting and working with Derek so far since I've met him earlier this summer. And now I'm happy that we have him here at our uh, parent uh, company joining us on the station sometimes. He's a uh, good depth of knowledge when it comes to IU, baseball, all that good stuff. And uh, I learned a little bit about the uh, NE8 girl scene tonight, too. So <laughs> Probably more awesome. than you needed. Hey, I like um, it. But, yeah, that Derek's always giving you... A deep dive uh, and a thorough thorough analysis. All right. Uh, one more uh, break in the action here, and we'll come back and put a bow on this Tuesday edition of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Happy holidays. It's John Nolan in for Brett. Don't forget, 730. It's Warsaw at Carroll Boys Basketball. Also taking a peek at the uh, area schedule Homestead at Leo tonight. East Noble is hosting Goshen and South Adams at home against Monroe Central. Over on the girls' side, Homestead at Angola. Bishop Dwangers at Garrett. DeKal visiting Blackhawk Christian. Lakewood Parks over in New Haven. And Southside's on the road at Heritage. IU men's basketball on 92.3 tonight. At 6.30, you can also watch that one on BTN. And in case you're looking to flip uh, the channels tonight, coming up in just a few minutes, Notre Dame men's basketball is on the ACC network against the Citadel. At 6.30, Butler, they won six in a row. They're at home against Georgetown at Hinkle Fieldhouse. That's on FS1. 7 o'clock on ESPN. Florida and Michigan men's basketball, the Jumpman Classic in Charlotte. ESPN 2 at 7 o'clock. Top 25 matchup between number 22, Virginia, and number 23, Memphis. Later tonight on FS1, more Big East hoops. Number 6, Marquette at Providence. A women's game at 9.30 on ESPN 2. Number 24, UNC at Oklahoma. NBA, John Morant making his season debut tonight with the Grizzlies alongside John Conchard. You catch him uh, getting on the team plane yesterday in his IPFW Mastodon sweatshirt. They play the Pelicans on TNT, Celtics, and Warriors tonight on TNT as well. Our bowl game, the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl, UTSA and Marshall, 9 o'clock on ESPN. Big thanks to our producer, Adam Lundy. John Nolan filling in for Brett Rump. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.